This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, I need a computer! Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kinda like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian and this week my friends Chris and Eric will be joining me to talk about the 1995 Keanu Reeves starring vehicle Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic, set in the distant future of January 15th, 2021. Um, it's um, dated? It's dated. We'll get into it. We'll talk all about it. And we've also got uh, the usual... Uh, the Fresh Sit segment where we talk about uh, other things we've been watching. Um, I'm going to just get straight to it. But as always, if you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it on your podcast app of choice, share it on your social feeds. And if you want to reach out to us, you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at MagHuge. That's M-A-G-H-U-G-E. Uh, Magnificently Huge Podcast on Facebook. We're something or other on Instagram. Uh, you can email us, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com, and you can always find links to all of that and all of our old episodes on our website, which is maghuge.com. All right, everybody, set the Wayback Machine for 1995. We're going to the future of January 2021. Yeah. And we're back. Yes, we are. Phenomenon. 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 Mononymonic. I didn't even make that joke. That was on the Google Drive, so I blame Chris. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, My head still hurts from this movie. I'm I'm Brian, and I blame Chris. (laughs) And I'm Chris, and I blame Eric. I'm Eric, and I have no excuse. Uh. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) The Magnificently Huge Podcast, where we talk about movies and music and TV and shit. All shit. Yeah, from the, the perspective time. of middle-aged white men. Welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes, it's Gen Xerific. God, if we haven't <laughs> lost anybody on this one by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, welcome no, this to is the, the episode. This is a breakthrough. This one's gonna pop, baby. I, can I feel actually, it. yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you brought this one up, Brian Johnny Mnemonic, <laughs> because <laughs> it's like I think this is a weird serendipitous opportunity for us to actually talk about a movie from like 25 years ago that's actually set right now in mm-hmm. the time we are talking about said like, movie. literally within the month that we're talking about <laughs> yeah. it. And they got January so of 2021. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, much I still want to talk about this. I'm ready. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Sharpen your needles. Let's, uh, let's get the barbs ready. Uh, yeah, but before we do that, like every week, we talk about everything else we've been watching and doing in a segment called The Fresh Shit. <laughs> this shit is fresh. I actually am looking forward to talking about this because I can name all of the things about this film that didn't work and right, should yeah. bother everyone. But there's so <laughs> but much to talk don't. about with it. Yeah. yeah. You just watched it, didn't you? Like you watched it this morning and then got on the call, right? <laughs> I watched it last night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'd well, seen it a couple of times before and each time regretted it. 
and <laughs> I hadn't seen it since it came out on VHS. I, I, I it, saw it, it had like a little cutout on his forehead where the yeah. where the tape reel is. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw it when it came out and I went, oh, come on. And then like 10 years <laughs> later, I was like, well, wait a minute. Henry Rollins is in that. Let's see how yeah. that. Oh, come on. Good old. And I would see it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll get to it. But first, the fresh shit. Eric, did you watch anything else or were you too busy like having fun? I went I went to Disney World this week. Like a sucker. So this is the no, 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 no. That's that's the thing. It I was vacant, right? Kind of wanted to like uh, have a whole episode that's just uh uh Disney World in COVID time because <laughs> it was brilliant. For starters, they they just opened up everything with a lot of uh precautions right like everyone's wearing a mask Mm -hmm. and uh er, er, you you, you, there's 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 no buffet style the 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 freestyle soda machines are gone you know it's like they've done everything to limit exposure which is great uh but also everyone is avoiding the place like the plague because there's (laughs) literally literally yeah (laughs) like the plague and how do they uh, handle the lines well, that, they okay. Every six feet, there's a line on the ground that says "stand here," and it like tells you where to stand so that you're creating, you know, six feet of distance. Yeah. There were a few times where people were just too dumb, and we they were like creeping up on us, and so my wife and I are both like, "Oh, these people need to back the fuck off because they're, you know." And a couple of times, I turned around. And I said, "Do you want to go ahead of us?" And one one old lady, uh, I did this to, she's like, oh, no, no, I'm fine. No, 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 you're not, because you're creeping up on us. You're getting too close. Please stand in front of us, because I don't want you doing that. And so they they looked well played. and we're just like, like oh, oh, we'll 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 stand back. Yeah. Well, Um, yeah, but otherwise, what, like a giant... Mickey Mouse guy comes out and bludgeons the person who's creeping in line? (laughs) No, (laughs) no, it's up to me. Um... But they okay. You get to bludgeon the person in line. Okay, I got it. Well, yeah, like like (laughs) either passive aggressively or aggressively aggressively. I'm not really sure how this works, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. But yeah, I uh, and do they take do do they take your temperature the regular (laughs) way or anally? Uh, the forehead. (laughs) They take your temperature when you come in. Um, you know, it's no big deal. Also. They've made the security line wicked fast before you'd have to go through a whole thing and have your bag checked. And now somehow they've figured out how to send you through a sensor that can tell whether or not you have anything they don't like. And so it's, it's like faster. that total recall x-ray scanner thing. <laughs> yes. It's like the the between the magic bands, the security check, and the the uh, temperature screening, the line is faster. Also, every line says that, you know, the ride is 40 minutes or something. It's 10. It's, they don't know how to recalibrate the time of a line. We went to Soren and it had a wait time of 20 minutes. The 20 minutes is what it took for us to walk from the entry into the ride (laughs) because it's such a long space they have for the, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's great. You've got to go to Disney World now. Before it gets like like before the secret gets out, it was probably the <laughs> yeah. best uh, 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 trip for short lines ever. Unfortunately, it's also wicked sunny, and uh, while it was snowing all over the country, it was a little too warm. But uh, yeah, did you go to Galaxy's Edge? Did how's that? 
Uh, oh, oh, good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing this up because, okay. Um, let me say the, probably the best ride we went on was the Pandora thing that I was not looking forward to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hear that's awesome. In Animal Kingdom, they have a whole Avatar land, which is oh, you know a land dedicated to the most successful bad movie of all time. And <laughs> we're going to see what happens when they make four more of the fucking things. But you just can't count out James Cameron like ever. Uh, anyway, that was the best ride. But the one that be was being hyped was Rise of the Resistance, which is lame. It is it is Aww. straight up and down completely lame. I. I know I've seen all three of the films. I, I've seen all nine Star Wars films, but I've seen all the three recent trilogy films. So I know the context. My wife has not seen them, so she doesn't. And both of us walked out of there going, what a fucking waste of time. Um, <laughs> really? First, okay, you start off Aww. being walked into, like, okay, your, your, your group is walked into... Um, a, a a a a sort of miniaturized sort of shuttle thing and you're standing there in this shuttle thing presumably so they can move you to the next part of the ride but then there's bad video playing of you know hey we've got a rebel spy on board we've got to get this guy out of here you know like you yeah. and I, I i turn to my wife i'm like has has the ride started are we on the ride I mean, I, or is this the <laughs> that's, line? That's honestly how I remember Star Star Tours uh, mm -hmm. starting way back in like 1990. Yeah, it's like that, that. but worse. You got to make the line yeah. part of the ride. Yeah. Like the Transformers uh, no. ride at Universal Studios is like that. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not unless <laughs> no, you have no, something you don't. to do. Not even remotely. <laughs> because, the, the, okay, so we're, we're in the, the thing and uh, okay, I guess we're in the ride. And it's not like we're in Star Tours, the ride starts in the line so that they can tell you to wear your seatbelt and stuff. This is like, yeah. you know, uh oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna be captured by the first order and you better bloody, 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 blue. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then we walk out of the, oh, yeah, no, that's right. We're in the shuttle and then we are, uh, uh, they show a video of, you know, the shuttle thing going into a Star Destroyer because we're captured. And then some Disney cast members come in dressed in Imperial garb. And they tried to be all, okay, you are all taken prisoner and you must go this way. And I'm like, what? Okay. You know, they're like, like they're play acting for me. And I'm just like annoyed because I still don't <laughs> know if the ride is still. And so we like walk, we're like marched out into this hallway. Oh, this is where buzzkill happens because <laughs> my wife and I are like standing like there on the dots waiting for us to be led into, I'm guessing the ride. And, uh, and another cast member comes up in Imperial garb and asks my wife, so what planet are you from? You know, like being all like actory. Oh Lord. A and my wife says, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't know what planet you're from? N no, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what planet I'm from. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, do it, wow. do it. Wow. And, Jeez. and so she like walks up, she comes back. Have you figured out what planet you're from yet? <laughs> no, no, I, I haven't figured out what planet I'm from. And then she looks at me and she's like, uh, um, yeah, I'm wearing like this little Columbia bag. And she's like, Columbia, what is in that bag? And uh, <laughs> Tanya told me I would have just died laughing if you'd have told her cocaine. 
but <laughs> yeah i didn't i was like i was with tanya i i just wanted to like disengage oh, and so it's like i don't i don't know what's in the back i don't know what's in here it's i don't yeah. know i don't know it, 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 like, just some like, guy just told me to carry it into disneyland as far as i could take it yeah. i wasn't even gonna give her that i didn't want to see how much improv training she really had so i yeah so she oh. goes off to bother some so other you're just people. making this person who's who's like hot and sweaty in this costume miserable you know, okay. making their day suck. I well, see how it is. <laughs> two things. One, we're indoors and it's air conditioned. So, okay. you know, no worries there. Two, I paid to be there. She's getting paid to be there. So, <laughs> yeah. fuck that. Also, getting um, paid to deal with insufferable assholes such as yourself. No, no, no. <laughs> to antagonize insufferable assholes yes. like myself. Yeah, that's true. That's a shit. distinction. Yeah. I'm still that's wondering if we're on the ride yet. Because, like, I'm walking around and there's all the set design. <laughs> there's, it looks like, it's, you know, it's very, you know, there's some animatronic stuff. There's a really great launch bay where you, you feel like you are on, you know, that ship. And I'm like, yeah, this is great production detail. Have we started? And... <sighs> Uh, uh, so yeah, then they, they march us into another room. Now this is like a, a holding cell and there's four of us, you know, like two other people, I don't know, who are also on for the ride. They're not actors. They're like my wife and I, and I'm like, okay, we, 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 we've got to, this is like either a panic room situation or I don't know, but this has got to have started. And then, uh, Admiral Huxley from the recent uh, movies, an animatronic him appears like up top in this, this balcony and starts <laughs> spitting out some dialogue. And I'm like, uh, welcome okay. to the hall of first order. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I, okay. That's an animatronic thing. Maybe this is like the uh, MGM Hollywood ride where we're just going to walk around and have animatronics say stuff. And then some rebels break us out. And now there's Disney people dressed as rebels. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Put me on a ride. And so they like walk me <laughs> over to this other, other, other place. We're finally like on a, um, a maglev cart. I don't know. A lot of Disney rides these days now are on carts where it's like they're magnetized to the floor and they float around. They're really great because yeah. they're yeah, trackless. Cool. Yeah. So it's one of those. And now we're, we're starting the thing and we're zipping around this Imperial thing on the run from, you know, it's story. And in the commercial, trying very it shows hard you, to get away from the story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like waiting for stuff. You know, I mean, this Dude, is so. This, this sounds like the it would be the most amazing Portlandia sketch where you do all the preamble getting irritated in line and then it ends and you realize that that was the ride. There's yeah. like nothing else. <laughs> this, is, this sounds like the most ridiculous version of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride ever, yeah. basically. Well, yeah, it's all, it's all build up and now the ride has started and in the commercial it shows you coming into this room with these three uh, at-ats staring down at you life-size at ats and that was the most impressive part of the ride my wife agreed on that too you know as a non-star wars fan as two non-star wars fans we we're both like yeah okay that was that was that was tits but then we have to put up with uh what's his name from girls uh in his in his <laughs> costume and is 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 like white stick and they're i uh, yeah, and he's, you're going to give me the location of your base or whatever. Oh, fuck you. Just fuck you. Why doesn't something happen? And then, and then, yeah, then it's all done. And I'm like, that was, that was just so stupid. I didn't care. It's, 
it's like a classic ride. It's like a classic ride in that you're on a cart and you're moving around and you're looking at stuff. Uh, but it's so unoriginal. It's unoriginal in its use of the Star Wars IP. It's unoriginal as a ride. It's 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 Dude. like they've put all the heavy lifting on the castmates to put you into the universe. And who cares? That is literally how you described the last three movies every time we've talked about them. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like it translates fairly well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I hear that Kathleen Kennedy is like on the outs in Disney because, you know, her handling of Star Wars has been shit. And a lot of the what's going on in the parks is her trying to promote this version of Star Wars, but she's losing to the whole Mandalorian yeah, um, but she's still, I mean, she's still on The Mandalorian. She's made a lot of money on this thing. I don't think she's on the outs the way you think she is. She's, she's, when I say outs, I mean losing control of the brand. She is, she is on paper in charge of Star Wars, but what she has tried to get made hasn't worked. Mandalorian has her name, but that's all John Favreau. Uh, Favreau and Dave Filoni, like Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni yeah. basically is is the keeper of the flame for Star Wars at this point. But yeah, yeah, guy behind the guy. Okay, yeah. so 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 you went to Florida, you went to Disney World, you braved the the COVID, you got short lines, and you did get to do mm-hmm. some good things. Also, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I, I, I let's see, there was oh oh uh Mickey's Runaway Railway. Okay. That's what has replaced the magic movie ride or whatever that was at MGM. This is kind of in 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 execution. It is like a rise of the resistance. Only this is all done correctly and originally. And yeah, you know, it's it, a lot of interesting stuff happens. It's the most fun I had at that park, and it was riding around on one of those love carts looking at Mickey and Minnie try and save us from uh, being on runaway rail cars. It was so fun. It's a great ride. And it, it was one of the longer lines as well, but it, it deserves to be. It was, it's one of the first, apparently it is the first ride to feature Mickey Mouse at any Disney park. They have not huh. had one ever. Uh, yeah, it was really Did fun. Did they do like Sorcerer's Apprentice shit or was it all original? It was all original, and it really had the tone of the current Mickey Mouse cartoons, the ones that are actually funny, that are very sort of John mm-hmm. Kickferuzzi meets um, Animaniacs. You know, it's it's just, it's high-paced, it's funny, it's fast, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great time. There's a lot of great rides on there. Star Wars sucks ass, and Star Wars Land <laughs> is filthy, and I hate it. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. right. there were a bunch of there were a bunch of uh dorks walking around with like okay they they've always had since they got star wars they've had the build your own lightsaber station right where you build like a toy plastic lightsaber they they have one now for grown-ups that costs like three hundred dollars and apparently you walk away with an even more expensive toy <laughs> and there's well, all these yeah. dudes walking around with these like these these black sacks that contain a you know a a toy laser sword that costs three hundred dollars yeah the (laughs) kind of thing that's really going to be embarrassing for the guy's wife when they go through airport security yeah yeah take the batteries out though take the batteries out don't bother like building a 
a a laser sword until they actually have laser swords. Until then, it's a toy. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, yeah, had a, had a great fun. There's a way fun. to make that appealing to the guy's wife if you leave the batteries in, but I don't think Disney's going there. So, hey! Pudding anyway. zing! Yeah. Oh, the subversive comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, Chris, you got any fresh shit? <laughs> oh, I wish. So, so. <laughs> like the, yeah. uh, I didn't really do anything. Because uh, cue the stop and Tom... Because the uh, hockey started oh, again, okay. so that's there literally all I've been doing is just watching a bunch of hockey. And it's oh, weird because there. there's still the no air. spectators, and they're piping in ambient crowd noise. And then we we can't figure out like when there's a good play or a goal or whatever, like there's the, like the crowd noise turns into cheers and, oh, and I, like I where the fuck is this coming from hope i sincerely hope that for the new like 2021 ea sports games that they just have cardboard cut out people well, every they, few seats well they don't even do this in hockey it's literally <laughs> just like a bunch of plastic sheeting over the seats the arenas are empty uh there's like a few press dudes in the in the the oh. outskirts of the ring. It's just so weird. Sad. But when the crowd noise starts up, my wife and I are like, is there someone in a booth somewhere that's just like pressing a button just whenever something cool happens? Because that's what it sounds like. It's well, literally so, just the strangest. So yeah, they've been doing that like on the on the competition shows, like America's Got Talent and The Voice and stuff, right? They're, they're just going with the canned applause. And it's yeah. like, you know what? It helps. <laughs> yeah, well, otherwise, yeah, it's just like I, I, watching... Like, I totally like, see why the hockey people would play can cheers. Yeah, because it. otherwise it's like watching curling. I mean, it's just so quiet and you can hear everything and it's just, ah. Uh. But some of the players are getting into it. Like I think it was, uh, it was Nicholas Backstrom from the Washington Capitals at one point during the pregame warmup. He's like doing the, the acrobatic juggling with the puck on a stick and he like points to an empty chair in the stands and just flicks it like he's sending it over to a, a spectator like this book's for you. And he's just like <laughs> flinging it to empty seats. I mean, it's like <laughs> and he basically said, you got to do stuff like that or else it's just too surreal. You know what I mean? You got to just pretend that something is actually normal about all of this. So, yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, awesome. it's uh, it's strange and uh, we're still getting used to it. Uh, so yeah, but other than that, the only thing I really watched, uh, I finally pl- pulled the plug on uh, Wonder Woman '84, and uh, <laughs> and all Great, I will say it? is, oh yeah, it, all, all I will say is it, it literally is the Superman three of Wonder Woman movies. I mean, yes. it's just what in the hell, and it's nice to see that true uh, gender equality. Yeah, that women filmmakers are finally getting massive budgets to make really mediocre movies. I think that's yeah. equality. <laughs> they that are now funniest. equal. They can make garbage just like us. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I think that one was helped by the fact that a pandemic uh, crushed its theatrical aspirations because that thing would not have made near as much money as mm-hmm. they Yeah, I, it's really obvious now why Warner's went with the gambit of let's just use this to get people <laughs> yeah, to sign really? up for HBO Max. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just terrible from start they to finish. They had over a year to like fix that thing in post, too. Well, and, you but you can't fix a script that's already broken. I yeah. mean, shit, that's uh, the one they went with, and it was becoming terrible. Becoming a magic wishing rock. The What's only the thing about God. that movie you could have fixed with effects was when she like grabs the the kid and goes rolling down the street with what is now a a plastic dummy. You can clearly yeah. see it's a dummy. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing they could have fixed in post. They yeah. they should have written something better. 
Yeah. Well, and, and, that, I, and the fact I, that I, I remember writing yeah. a a treatment anyway for a Wonder Woman movie, I thought would have been awesome. It's not. Yeah. It's not hard to do. I'm a, no. I, I, I'm I'm nobody, and I can write a better Wonder well, Woman than what they did. The, the biggest problem with it, outside just the ridiculous nature of the plot, which was just <laughs> so stupid that it wouldn't even have worked in one of their animated movies. I think uh, I think it would have worked as a comic book. Yeah, and that's it. But as a movie plot, no, with the magic wishing rock and whatever. Yeah. But I mean, literally, like the the moral of the whole thing was literally just be careful what you wish for. And I'm like yeah. sitting there through the whole thing, going, really, that that really, and oh, it, but it, the fact that nothing happens for like the first hour, and then there's like a five minute action sequence, and then nothing happens for another hour. And then another five minute action sequence. I'm like, that's not a superhero movie. You guys fuck this thing on every single level. How dare you? So, also the the villain is really the hero. I mean, he's got his own story and he learns his own lesson. It's like we didn't need him in Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's just dumb. And then Cheetah's totally just wasted. I mean, there was no point to that character being in there other than uh, to do the superman Girl 3 power. bit where he where he fights Girl the evil power. version of himself yeah. yeah gotta have gotta have you know like a strong female like uh, that. Well, you know i guess that's a big deal character from the comics and you know christian yeah. wiggs agent uh clearly did some good work uh yeah, so but, anyway ugh, not served well but i will say this that uh having watched the rest of the harley quinn show uh they nail everything similarly uh interesting and goofy about wonder woman in yep. the episode where they go on a bachelorette party to Themyscira yep. and they're flying <laughs> there in the invisible jet. And then when they get there, they're driving in the invisible van. And it's just like all of this stupid <laughs> shit. Uh, way more interesting than what anything happened in Wonder Woman 84. So, yeah. By the way, I did, after our last show, end up watching like one and a half seasons of that Harley Quinn show. And yeah, it is really good. Right. Surprisingly, <laughs> shockingly yeah. good. I was I was amazed. So yeah, <laughs> so there you go. So don't watch Wonder Woman eighty four, but do watch Harley Quinn. That's all. There I you think. go. Now that so, you've yeah. paid for HBO Max, go watch Harley Quinn, people. Yeah. <laughs> or make it into a drinking game, and like every time somebody in your 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 crowd says, "I wish this had been a porno," you have to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right. I so, see what you did there too. I wish this would have been a point. Oh, yeah, right, oh. right. Because <laughs> that's what I was doing the whole yeah. time. I just yeah. want to see her naked. Can we like just get to the part where she's naked? Yeah. But what would you lose in in that bargain? That's the thing. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Uh, yeah, probably like like one pasty load. I think yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Lord, bring us no, home, Brian. His price would be, and he wouldn't be able to get it up anyway. Yeah, bring us um, home, Brian. Come on. All right, so I'm just gonna skip straight to. I sent you guys the trailer for this, but I rented PG Psycho Goreman. Uh, oh, you last did watch week. it. Okay. I watched that thing. Okay. Okay. So Psycho Goreman. Psycho Goreman. Um, <laughs> Psycho Goreman is a new indie film by directed by a guy who's clearly just in it for the makeup effects. He's like he does horror movie makeup effects, and and he made this movie. This, what the hell is this thing? This is a trauma film for kids, <laughs> except yeah. not for kids. Like 
it's definitely got the gore, right? It's 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 like a horror movie made by '90s kids who were raised on the Disney Channel, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, yeah. Basically, it's it's like a weird like Monster Squad meets Power Rangers sort of vibe, like, kind of thing. Just, like a lo- it, like like there's this like psychotic intergalactic demonic uh, killer Thanos yeah. type dude called Psycho Gorman, uh, but he's controlled by some magic crystal that somehow yeah. precedes him to Earth, and this little nine-year-old girl finds it and then learns she can control this thing, and then it becomes like this weird like intergalactic buddy movie. Yeah, she's, <laughs> like, She is just the most horrible person. She's like this 11-year-old girl, and the, the actress is actually that age, and and she's just selfish and shitty to everyone, including Psycho Gorman, who he gets that name from her. Um and and really you know it's I guess on some level it's is she the monster but by the end nah <laughs> you know they just you know they sympathize with this shitty girl um it sounds Australian do. it's at Canadian uh, actually yeah. um, it's got it's got a real Turbo Kid vibe if you if you want to go that route that's just sort of watch the, the trailer the yeah. vibe the vibe in the trailer is definitely it you know it's it's the alien is is serious and he wants to destroy the galaxy. And, you know, wants to bathe in the blood of all of his enemies. And, and the girl is like, yeah, but you can't because I control you. So you're going to do what I say. Oh, so you it's know? like the kid with the dog in uh, Good Omens. Yeah. A bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Only, only, you know, aware that she's being really shitty about the whole thing. <laughs> you know, and, they, and they, they totally know what they're doing, right? You know, at the end, they actually have somebody's like, well, I think we learned a lot today. And the other character's like, about what? <laughs> like, you know, which is good because I hate those moral lessons. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, there's God. no moral lessons. But a surprising amount of world building and creativity from guys who just clearly wanted to build creatures and shit in, you know, with practical makeup effects uh, right. using this stupid, silly concept to make a movie around it. An that's alien very... from the planet Gygax. Yeah, duh. Uh, right. You know, that sounds that very, like... uh, very killer clowns from outer space. That's what that sounds like. You know what? Yeah, I think actually it does kind of fit in that in that lane. Okay. <laughs> of just go in expecting dumb. There is a Ryerson Avenue called out. I we thought of you, Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah, I bet you they spell it with the fucking Y, like everybody no, in the goddamn no, movies. No, it's spelled though. correctly. Okay, good. Um. So anyway, yeah, you know, it's it's got metal and rap songs during the credits that are about the movie it's it's just the dumbest stupidest good nice. time good but it's dumb yeah i liked it a lot okay. it was fun psycho gorman <laughs> did were you doing like the talking heads version when you were watching it nope, psycho nope. gorman kiss could say yeah and it's funny that's when i said uh disneyland in covid time i was thinking of talking heads <laughs> well, they're everywhere. These talking heads. Life in wartime, Disneyland, and COVID time. I got. Right. I, I, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling. Oh, ya. that does. That's a total sidebar, but that just reminded me of a thing. Uh, I just I fell down like this random YouTube rabbit hole this week, and I found this. I don't know what year it's from, but it's uh, maybe the last ten years or so. It's an SNL sketch sketch with Fred Armisen and Bill Hader doing sort of a documentary now thing called the History of Punk. 
and it's about this punk band where the lead singer was doing all these like fuck the queen sex pistols type songs and then thatcher gets elected and suddenly he finds that he likes thatcher so he's doing all these pro thatcher punk songs and the rest of his band is like what the hell is going on so 80s (laughs) it's so funny it just reminded me that anyway continue all right i think we've killed enough time let's get to the topic that was the fresh shit before we get to the main topic we got to do this we got an email i haven't read it yet what does it say is it a bot (laughs) no it's from uh shadow war that's that's how it's spelled out so i'm guessing it's shadow war uh (laughs) and and uh let's okay hey it's me again because they've written us before uh Back with some more show ideas. My show ideas include Moulin Rouge. Love that Mm -hmm. film. Weird Science. uh, The Friday the 13th movies. uh, The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and How It Kinda Sucks. The Alien and Predator movies. Hmm. Surprise. Yeah. This is from (laughs) November 4th. So that's that's how great we are at answering our mail. Uh, And another adaptation episode. And then... uh, Chris wrote him back saying, thanks for the suggestions. Uh, Well, he wrote back again. Hey, thanks for replying. I've been a fan of the show for a while, ever since I found one of your episodes, 98 to be exact, on the school bus. And I've enjoyed new episodes ever since. So that means that that someone in high school listens to us. (laughs) See, I told you we had the youth market sewed up. Uh, I do have it coming people. We'll definitely think about some of those show ideas because like we say, we need them. All right. I'd I'd be willing to do a call in guest. I'm so happy to have somebody (laughs) listening to this. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I do have another suggestion, but not for an episode. Have you guys ever thought about posting episodes on YouTube? It might get some new fans to listen to past episodes. We have. And in fact, I've been trying to figure out for a while how we can do it animated. Because I, I think that's a lot more interesting <laughs> than yeah. like three guys on a webcam. I think I could do it. I just need to find the right animating software. Oh, okay. geez. <laughs> We're going to leave that one to Eric. <laughs> yeah. I always have like like big ideas and like shit, shit uh, uh, carry through. Yeah. yeah. Much like Johnny Mnemonic. That's... Let's get to it, shall we? Yes, shall we? Okay, Johnny Mnemonic, everybody. John, yeah. So, Mnemonic, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, truth be told, we were going to do a completely other topic this week. We'll get to that some future episode. But mm-hmm. then last weekend, Eric was like, hey, guys, uh, not, not going to record because I'm going to Disney World. Yeah, the and, night before we record, by the way. Yeah, it was a big secret. So, I didn't want to have to hear everybody going, you're, you're going, you know, like you're going you're gonna to catch the, 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 the plague. And yeah. so we, we kept it a big secret. Well, you still could. So, don't worry. So anyway, so I'm plopped down to watch my weekend movie. And, you know, because it, well, it's really because the, the game Cyberpunk 2077 came out this month. Mm-hmm. And Keanu Reeves, once again, playing a cyberpunk character, because that's one of his things. You know, okay, great. Well, Johnny Mnemonic's on the shelf. Let's put that on the streaming services. They all, it's on a few of them, I think. And Amazon, and where I found it, yeah. My wife had not seen it yet. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's fire that up. Why not? <laughs> oh, and good then, lord. And <laughs> then, like, 
just a few minutes in and I'm like, holy crap, this is the podcast. That's not the podcast. This is yeah. the podcast. Well, let's for the, damn. For the sake of those uh, uninitiated, because I'm sure there's a few, uh, let's try to explain Johnny Mnemonic in a couple of short sentences. Is it possible? Yes. In, okay. the, in the second sentences. decade of the 21st century info wars, <laughs> yeah. literally from the opening crawl, uh, we well, are like, I, I'm sorry, it's very prophetic in a couple of ways. They, they call out the, the plague that we're in, yeah. it, in they call out info wars, and they call out how to go online to send an email, you need to put on a headset. And wear like <laughs> Nintendo Power Gloves. Don't forget. And that. use I a Sino we'll China are we, are black we, are we giving the setup, or are we just <laughs> going straight for the? Oh, I just yeah. wanted to go straight to bagging on it. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's. Uh, it's Keanu Reeves. What, okay, you, so uh, so assuming assuming that you can deal with it, this is set in the far off future of January 2021, and Keanu Reeves is. If we take the plot seriously, which we really should not, but if we take the plot seriously, Keanu Reeves is a courier, and his deal is they upload information into his brain, and then they take three images that are the the decryption key, and he's a smuggler, and he's got to get this information to whoever yeah. the hell wanted it, and he's been hunted <laughs> by the Yakuza yeah. and the evil corporation and whatever, and yeah. and he's got to get this info is to his in his head, because uh, Key Keanu USB drive can hold uh, 80, eighty gigabytes. Gigs. Yeah. Ooh, they couldn't. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I I have a keychain that'll hold a terabyte. Yeah, you know. Well, that's the thing is, that, and then they give him he gets a device that doubles his memory, so basically compresses it to like one hundred and sixty gig. And then when they bring that up, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I my my phone does like three times that. You know, and it's I'm, like. Given all the problems with this film, though, I'm going to give it that, you know, that they yeah. didn't exactly call out the technology. Like, Neuromancer yeah. is still a great read, even though they think we're still going to have phone booths. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the Gibson touch, I think, the William Gibson touch. But basically with this one, so he's a, uh, a data courier. He's smuggling this massive amount of information in his 320 head. 120 gigabytes. Yeah. And it's apparently, way too big for his yeah. brain. And apparently the information starts seeping into his brain, which will ultimately kill him unless he removes it. And then he's trying to make money so that he can get the whole thing removed and replace his childhood memories that yeah. he lost and to that's make a, room for. That's a real thing. If you put too many digital files into your USB head, you will then be able to see them <laughs> yeah. as memories. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, I, oh, I like yeah. how uh, also the, the, the Nas, rapper Nas, is a disease in, the, in, in this future. Right. Yeah, and yeah. And <laughs> I, I like how it's basically the... All the shit that, that, that people are saying now about how 5G caused COVID is yeah. the same thing as all of the el electromagnetic energy flowing through the world is yeah. causing everyone to catch the rapper Nas. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So but 1995, just, they're oh. predicting the future of 2021, and yes, they get almost everything totally mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah. And it's but awesome. I, but I like that the whole thing starts, because you can tell it really wants to be Blade Runner, because it starts with the opening like crawl or whatever to tell you all about this world but it just goes on for fucking ever and they do this like weird light laser effect so you can't even really read it 
It's just so obnoxious. Yeah. And it's got and it's chock full of information that has no meaning if you've not seen the fucking movie and you're like, what the hell is a low tech? What the hell is NOS? What the hell is this? It's like I don't understand any of what you just wrote on the screen, man. Yeah. This is okay, this is I think this this is the point for me of this film is that this is where production uh, uh, design breaks a film because there's nothing about this film that is inherently bad. It's mm-hmm. right. Other right. than that, it's like Blade Runner is goofy if it didn't look spectacular. Right. right. Uh, uh, Blade Runner 2049 is stupid, but it has that high production value, so it gets by. This is RoboCop 3. Yes. Not one or two, three, <laughs> including the Yakuza. Yeah. And it, it, it's like also, if this had been done with more thought and probably more cash, it, people would have bought it. Well, that's the thing is it, it's uh, based on the William Gibson short story of the same name, Johnny Mnemonic, from the Burning Chrome collection. Uh, it's like a 20-page story, and it literally is just Johnny Mnemonic going to the bar to confront Ralphie and then having to go to get the information out of his skull, blah, blah, blah. It's just standard Gibson. It doesn't really make much of a dent. And it's got all of this padding for his script for this movie that he literally borrowed from all of his books and his stories, but also Blade Runner and Total Recall and every yeah, other side. wrote the screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also wrote the screenplay for RoboCop 3, so you can tell where this is yeah. going. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like he's... He's just, he's very up and down, this guy, William Gibson. Uh, I'm just going to say that. So, yeah. So it's all over the map, and it's just, he's so interested in all these little details about the tech that's based in some part on the tech of the time that this is being made, I guess to give you some sort of corollary experience. But when you get to the 25 years later, you're like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's, yeah, we'll just put it on a VHS tape and then fax it over to you. Fiend the future. Like, it almost feels like Michael Crichton just does better research because that, (laughs) even when it doesn't age well, it doesn't age well in a way that you can see where, you know, where it it still makes sense. You know, with William Gibson, it's like, well, I want to, I want to get to the, I basically want to do noir, like Blade Runner, but I, you know, I want to put in my idea of what the future looks like and not have to look into it. And it's not this, but I agree with your assessment that it looks cheap and it looks like every other 90s sci-fi dystopian whatever thing. So it's like RoboCop 3, it's like Nemesis. It's, I mean, it even literally goes on to like (laughs) Hackers, which came out like a year or two later. It's even got like Virtuosity, which came out the same year. It's got the the high end effects of Lawnmower Man. Yes, that should oh, say so, something. So this was the Ugh. thing. Sony saw this as like a synergy moment, right? So they had <laughs> Sony Pictures Im- Image Works doing the 3D graphics that they were actually yeah. kind of cool in their abstract way, except that of course it is ultimately just Tron, right? And they literally label it like it, you know, a little card, you know, Internet yeah. 2021. You're yeah. flipping through this thing, but it was it was interesting. It was visually interesting, but they were like, okay, we're going to do this. And then we're going to release the CD-ROM tie-in and the movie and the soundtrack yeah. and corporate synergy 1995 go, right? Yeah. On Windows 3.1. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just, love this so much. It's yeah. terrible, and I love it. Well, the, one of the reviews I read, basically, they nail it. They say it's got all of these extra doodads, and they're doing all this sci-fi mumbo-jumbo 
But literally at its heart, it's a movie that's been made a hundred thousand times before. It's like the guy who's got the Guga that he has to get rid of before the other people who want the Guga come and kill him. That's the plot. And that's what drives this thing, but it's buried underneath all these different layers of, oh, look at this like fancy future tech. Oh, look at this fancy future tech. And then you get Henry Rollins shows up as like a doctor who does the implants on the girl. And he's not unbe- he's not believable at all. It's like let's yeah, just but put him in glasses. A great rant about technological <laughs> civilization that I'm gonna drop a clip of here because uh. Rollins like nails it. So what does cause it? What causes it? The world causes it. This causes it. This causes it. This causes it. Information overload. All the electronics around you poisoning the airwaves. Technological fucking civilization. But we still have all this shit. Because we can't live without it. But yeah, but it's like literally the the beauty of Rollins is that he has been on record. He's like, I will do anything if if somebody pays me. I don't care. <laughs> and they, that's I, literally I do acting jobs until they realize I'm not really an actor. I think. Yeah. yeah. So he's like so, Liam Neeson of punk. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so he's in this thing, but he's literally just a meathead in everything he does because that's just his sort of aura. I mean, you his rage. You, they hire he, his yeah, rage. Yeah. And then you end up with like Dolph Lundgren as the like the other like second assassin, uh, who's just like this crazy deranged like Catholic whatever, looks like Jesus, talks about Jesus. It's like, what are you doing in this movie, Dolph? Seriously, but he's uh, a techno Christian because <laughs> he's a techno Christian because he has a computer and camera that he drilled into his Bible. It's like, well, yeah. is that necessary? God, it's just what? so dumb. It <laughs> this, is so dumb. This cast, you've got Keanu Reeves, you've got Dolph Lundgren, you've got Dina Meyer, Henry Rollins, mm-hmm. Ice T. This yeah. is like the most '90s thing. Like, <laughs> no, no. What makes it the, what makes it the most '90s thing is Udo Kier as Ralphie. Yes, yes. And it's like, and. Johnny Mnemonic is talking to him like he's not going to get double-crossed by this asshole. It's like, have you ever met Udo Kier in a movie? It's like, you're literally just telegraphing that he's going to fuck you. I mean, it's like, come on, man. Oh, God. I I get this movie in my head. I get this movie confused with Tank Girl, in which Ice-T has, like, dog makeup. And I was expecting Ice-T to have dog makeup and Johnny Mnemonic, and he didn't. I was sad. in Tank Girl, he plays a kangaroo man. Okay, sorry, thank you very much. Man. Who cares? <laughs> That's the other one I thought was like is like Tank Girl, and then that made me think of like barbed wire. I started like literally just zoning out during this thing, thinking of all of the '90s like sci-fi stuff that was just terrible, terrible. <laughs> and then when you watch this, you start realizing like. Did the Wachowskis just watch this and go, that's it. That's our movie. We're yes, just going to do it better. They absolutely did. Right? The Matrix is basically a riff on Johnny Mnemonic, including With the casting budget. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. It's, that's it's, the thing. Yeah, it's, they had to the get budget. Joel Silver to put real money into it. Yes. It's, oh. it's, it's also, also the Matrix's Dark City. Um, yes. Oh, another one. Yes. <laughs> Good Lord. The Dark so, City, I, I think, was a bit better. I mean, I uh, well, of yes. all of these sort of low-end sci-fi '90s films, and and it was a bad time to make sci-fi because you couldn't really do the effects right. I mean, there's right. a reason George Lucas waited so long to do Star Wars; he didn't want it to look like <laughs> ass. Yeah, well, that's just it. It's like you wind up with stuff like you said; it looks like Lawnmower Man or Tron because it's- they just weren't quite there yet. Yeah, you know? literally, the sequences from this were added to one of the Mind's Eye videos. 
in the Ooh, 90s for people shit. to drop acid and yeah. listen to Thomas Dolby music over. Yeah. yeah. Which you had to watch on VHS. Yep. So <laughs> it's the, the high end technology. So oh. they, they, they got a lot of things wrong. Like, it, you know, it's one of those great, you know, pa- past movies doing future tech where all the screens are CRTs. You know, it's like, it's like that level of like wrong, you yeah. know, the fact well, references. But they got a couple of things right I want to call out. And they were. Okay. Um, Healthcare is a bunch of people jammed into like the train station on on stretchers. That's yeah. very January 2021. Um, the price for parking is probably the best future prediction. There's like a sign where it's twenty dollars for thirty minutes, and I'm like, they probably thought that was an exaggerated <laughs> yeah. joke, but no, well, spot that's, on. That's the Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man effect. That's yeah. like gas is like four dollars, and you're like right. 1991 going. Remember no how way. hard we laughed at Harley Davidson when in the background there was a poster for Die Hard Four. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Die Hard Four. Exactly. They're gonna make four they, diehards. <laughs> they did correctly guess that there would be a technology called iPhones. It's yeah. just that yeah, what that they thought that weird. meant was earphones for your eyes. Yeah, so not quite. But it was spelled iPhone, wasn't it? <laughs> he just yeah. said they need iPhones yeah, phonetically. Yeah, uh, and then the oh, no, I mean, in, yeah, like 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 turn on the um the closed captioning iPhone with an oh, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that's and just then speech they got, recognition. And then they got yeah. the uh, the pandemic thing correct, which I found shocking. And then the rioting in the streets, which yep. then reminded me of like, okay, so now it just really wants to be Akira, because you've got the riots and the corporate overlords, and then suddenly Johnny Mnemonic's hooking up with the underground fighters. The low techs led by Ice T. Uh, I mean, it's just like, come on. It's so convoluted yet so inanely simple at the same time. This movie walks like a weird tightrope. You know what I mean? Because, like, at times it's just way out there going off the limb. And other times it's like, well, we don't really know what to do now. So let's just do, uh, let's see, sci fi trope number 47. So, so I want to get going back to the plot. So, Johnny Mnemonic is the MacGuffin, and they're trying to find the three images to decode him, and he has to hack his own brain. And the way he does this is he literally goes to where Ice-T is because they are literally software pirates, and I mean pirates as in swinging from ropes and shit. Um, (laughs) And they have a cyber dolphin, and the cyber dolphin was Uh, like whatever. Dr. Jones. is, Is a veteran of some cyber wars. And this it's, leads it's, us to our ultimate confrontation, Cyber Dolphin versus Cyber Dolph Lundgren. Yes. And I'm like, yes, I am there it's, for this. It's it's probably the only movie ever made where a dolphin shares the scene with Dolph Lundgren. And when I when we were joking about this on our back and forth text, Brian, I said, wait till the dolphin. And then you said, yes, Dolph Lundgren just showed up. And I thought it was an autocorrect typo because I forgot Dolph Lundgren was in this. <laughs> but I just went with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I had forgotten the stupid dolphin, but there it was. And then, yes, yeah. Cyber Dolphin versus Cyber Dolph. Go. Well, I went and saw this in the theater, probably open weekend. Uh, and I think I, I, I suffered through it just sort of because but it got to the dolphin at the end and i think i literally blurted out loud you've got to be fucking kidding me (laughs) and that was literally where it just all crumbled i'm like any pretense that i'm even going to try this movie is gone at this stage fuck you william gibson (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know what else there really is to say about it i think it's 
fun. I had so much fun watching this movie. Now, well, let's... maybe that's just because I'm old, right? Because maybe. the truth of the matter is, you know, you think of you think of people our age as like 80s people, but really we're early 90s people because early 90s was when we were in our early 20s and when we kind of had autonomy and drugs, and, allegedly. Allegedly. And... <laughs> Why do you always say allegedly? Because one of you guys did you. that on the first time we brought it up on the podcast, and now it's a bit. I don't know. No. Okay, it's good. That makes sense. Well, here, here's the deal, because I know Eric uh, maybe wants to expand a little bit on this, but what are the ways that this movie absolutely, totally got everything wrong about the future? All the technology required to get online <laughs> that's my or favorite. to do anything it's like <laughs> it's like favorite, 42 yeah. different things he calls for and it's like yeah you don't need you need like a computer and yeah. you i know, need a computer they're hard to find in 2021 <laughs> yeah. yeah and the fact that yeah he needs all of this extra stuff to get on the internet to surf it and then you and then it requires so much physical activity this to is, actually search for stuff on the internet. I'm like, this sounds like it's written by someone who's never used the internet. And it turns out that William Gibson up to that point had never used the internet. So it makes perfect thing sense to figure out too. If you look through, you know, if you just apply the whole Moore's law, everything that advances with computers, you know, it, 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 it doubles in size, accuracy, everything. But, but those advances never happen they stopped happening because of hardware a long time before this. It was all yeah. software. So you don't need physical things. You need code. You need yeah. programs. So and <laughs> I, I see that's this boring as though. That's not very cinematic. There's some guy who keeps getting work in Hollywood as like a futurist. Like this is what user interfaces are gonna be like in the future. And he's just wrong, right? Like, it's always, like, Minority Report or this, where people are, like, reaching to the sky and twiddling with crap. And, or, 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 goddamn, the phones with the clear phone. Like, I want to have, like, whatever's behind me fucking up my view of whatever I'm looking at on my phone. Like, okay, maybe that's just because he's thinking of what will look cool on screen, but none of this stuff makes any sense from a people-would-want-to-use-it perspective. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's the, the tech is just dumb all around in this thing because it's just herky jerky, uh, way over complicated. I will, I would forgive that, except you know, it's how to put it. It, it. It's like that's that's the movie's strength. That's what it's saying is you know you're you're in this to see. Ooh, look, I'm I am in the future. I am seeing what it's like, <laughs> but it yeah. all looks dated, new. It's like when it came out, I was like. You're full of shit. You, th- none of this is real. Yeah. Uh, e- even the internet, which I am aware of <clears throat> at the time of the release of this movie, it's not going to be as bad as AOL forever. You know, <laughs> This is AOL in 3D. Yeah. Well, I like the fact that, yeah, riffing on the tech thing too, the fact that it blends that future tech stuff where you're like immersed in that virtual reality thing for the internet, but then you're still having to send the key code pictures via fax machine across, fax machine. <laughs> across the ocean. I'm like, literally, the person who wrote this didn't quite consider the fact that the internet might actually be the best way to transmit the data in the first place, which would negate <laughs> the need for Johnny Mnemonic altogether. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's, when you start thinking about it like that, you're like, this just, it's dumb. It's yeah. so dumb. <laughs> 
<laughs> but but fax machines like they they still use videotape in this thing. I'm like, did they goes, never think? Yeah, yeah. It goes okay. This in, in in a way, this movie has the exact same problem as Ad Astra, which also predicts a future and creates its own sort of technological point of view that is you know on its on its surface nonsense you know you right you're gonna send brad pitt to mars to speak into a microphone rather than do it on earth and like you know email it to mars right rather than (laughs) you know it's the same as why don't we encrypt the email and send the email yeah you know exactly In, in fact why don't we email the picture to new jersey and this is this is also why espionage movies in the modern age aren't very good, right? Basically, yeah. the the need to move things from one place to another is a cinematic necessity that is just not real in the real world, right? Yeah. Like for the same reason why this visualization of the internet is stupid. I mean, at the time you knew that CDs were superior to records because you could skip straight to another song, boom, 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 right? It's about convenience. It's about speed. The internet, the last thing we want to do is navigate a goddamn 3D space to get from one web page to the other. We want it to just appear. <laughs> yeah, I got, you know, I've got one uh, even better for you, okay? <laughs> this is one you could have said when this movie was released. He's got... 80 gigabytes in his head and he they <laughs> need to like stupid yeah they need to pour what 320 gigabytes into yeah. his head hole mm-hmm. uh you know and of course if you try and put too much information into something that can't hold it it just stops taking it it crashes you can't right. keep pouring it into it it's not like if you fill up a usb too high it starts spilling over the side that's well, dumb. Think, but well, wait, wait, they, my, my point, the, the point I'm getting to is that they're giving him this information from a mini CD, a yep, mini CD, yep, right. which holds a lot of information. I've got a great idea. Why don't you go get, why don't you go get an impoverished Columbia, Colombian woman, yeah, really. insert this disc into her, like her pancreas or something weird, and then, and then send her to New Jersey. And yeah, then when she gets there, exactly. they can take it out of her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally, there is no need for Johnny Mnemonic in the movie Johnny Mnemonic if someone no. <laughs> had just used their fucking brain. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense. Oh, you mean they could have delivered that C- that mini CD low tech style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay, but the thing, but then this is the other thing. Like the they call themselves the low techs and they strive for this sort of luddite deal, but they've got some of the most powerful tech in the entire movie. So yeah. that they can pirate these signals and do this and that. And I'm like, I don't understand any of this. It's like you're trying to take down this corporation called Pharmacom. And then you find out that Pharmacom has got the cure for this <laughs> NOS thing, but they won't release it so they can make more money on the treatment. Yeah. And then this like AI ghost in the machine shows up that turns out to be Keanu Reeves' mom but he doesn't remember her because he removed all of his childhood memories. And it's like, this Wait, it just starts ballooning. Wait, that supposed to be his mom? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Oh, yeah. yeah. For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, so Boo. the whole thing just like starts spiraling out it's into like, these weird fractals. It's like, it's if like, the, no. so is her name it's Johnny like the, the mommy? It's, yeah. it's like if the Luddites who were, uh, uh, I guess, protesting against all the machines taking their jobs fought back by putting together the best looming machines possible. <laughs> yeah, really, really. Maybe a printing press. What do you think yeah. about that, guys? Uh, oh, but, I, but I think ultimately the, the saving grace versus the most uh, 
Achilles heel portion of the movie is the actual casting of Keanu Reeves in this role, because it is probably the most wooden cipher like character I have ever seen him portray in anything that and he's ever done. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think though casting, uh, uh, casting him in this role was an important choice to, you know, detract from the performances of Dina Meyer, Henry Rollins, Ice T. <laughs> yes. I, I think it was a good choice. Yeah. I think that's yeah, that's a fair assessment. But you get this like wooden thing. Like he's in the beginning, he's in the hotel room with the hooker, and she's getting ready. And then she leaves. Like, where are you going? She's like, we need more ice. And he looks over at the bucket. We already have. Ice. We already have ice. And then she's gone. And it's like, wow. And then it doesn't get any better from that. And then. Near the end, he has this like big freak out on the trash pile and starts yelling about how he wants ten thousand dollar a night hookers and press shirts and this and that. And I'm like, he that's wants room service. <laughs> yeah, I've had it with them. I've had it with you. I've had it with all this. I want room service. I want the club sandwich. I want the cold Mexican beer. I want a $10,000 a night hooker. And I'm like, wow, this is like, this is almost like, uh, what, point break when he's like screaming at Patrick Swayze. I mean, it's like, that's his like two note performance right there. It's like either just, you know. You know, you know what I liked about Neuromancer was that the main character was basically a wimp, you know, who's, Mm -hmm. who's big, uh, uh, um, what he brought to it was his his abilities with the internet and his love interest was a woman who was who would kick the shit out of anybody yeah. and so it was a gender reversal and i thought that's what they're trying here dina meyer is the tough who can yeah. like beat people up yeah he's the but that's not really here really well, and i think that. that freak out was basically the hot chick freaking out over you know how filthy she's right. getting at all right. these action adventures that they always have in movies. <laughs> he's kate capshaw and <laughs> in indiana jones in the yes. there you go yes. there you go perfect okay that makes sense well but yeah but that touches on the fact that in the story uh that's actually the way it is that you had described it it's uh johnny mnemonic is sort of just there for the ride and then the character jane who's called molly millions in the story is actually the ass kicker and the force of the action where they just totally strip that out and reverse it for the movie, which yeah. just doesn't make any sense. But I guess that was at a time when they really didn't know what to do with action heroes that were women. So I guess, I don't know. Now, that but, is yeah. an interesting idea. What if, given the time, okay, the woman was Cynthia Rothrock, who was doing like <laughs> lots go. of combat you you know, pictures, and the guy was... Uh, I don't know some somebody wimpy like whoever whoever would have been Steve Buscemi at the time. Rick Steve Moranis. Buscemi was around. There you go. <laughs> Too yeah. old. Um, but yeah, that uh, Peter Scolari, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The same wow. way in Total Recall, the main character should have been played by Woody Allen. You know, he shouldn't be <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. He should be somebody who's like right, not yeah, right. at all a spy. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think that would work better. Maybe they'll remake Johnny Mnemonic. Who knows. Uh, the matrix but they won't do it right because we won't Uh, make it well the the funniest thing about this watching it because i totally forgot this is the there's just some throwaway scene where they're trying to set the techno vibe and they play the song virus by kmfdm yep yep uh but it's not the reggae dub 
uh, that we love so much, but like three or four years prior to that, we would play that song, and then we go, dude, if we ever make a Neuromancer movie, this is totally the song that's going to play when they go up to the satellite. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. And whenever I read that book, I hear that song. So yeah. actually, that was the last thing I wanted to hit was this also has a great, you know, 90s cyberpunk soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, okay, so like the movie, all of it's played during the credits. So when we go out, do we want to go out with Stabbing Westward, Cop Shoot Cop, or The Orbital? <laughs> um, my preference is Orbital, but uh, given these circumstances, I would always have to say Stabbing Westward for any sort of <laughs> cyberpunk 90s movie. I mean, that's just a given, Eric, right? you got to vote on this one. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm good with either, but since I like to, uh, defy expectations, as Ryan Johnson says, is there an acoustic version of that song? Manamana. Stepping Westward takes us out. Oh my God. What a dumb, I'm dumber for having watched this again. Yeah. I, Watch I, it again, everybody. It's still. awesome. It's so much fun. If you want to suggest other bad movies to make us watch, hit us up. First, subscribe to the podcast because you got to be around for when we do it. If you, that's your part of the bargain. You got to listen. Okay, so subscribe to the podcast, rate it, spread the love on your social media feeds, make your friends suffer through this crap too. And then hit us up. Send us a message on Twitter. We are at MagHuge, M A G H U G E. Or find us on Facebook, The Magnificently Huge Podcast, uh, on Instagram. I don't know what we are on Instagram, or send us an email, uh, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com, and you can find all of our old shows and, wi- and all links to the ways to reach us. You have to think about it at maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. Send Do us it. home with your, with your favorite one-liner bad Keanu Reeves line read. Mine is, I am an FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs>